Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And if the look of the show is a little bit different, yes, it's just me solo. And I want to just say thank you to Neil for uh, participating in the program. Uh, and I, I like to give Neil a break um, because it's pretty late. It's pretty late on the West Coast. Um, I think the game is ending about close to 845. So it's pretty late on the East Coast. So, you know, Neil has a very long Sunday. So I want to give Neil a break and uh, be respective or excuse me, respect his schedule and uh, give Neil a break. Before we jump into the program, want to uh, I don't know if you could see it. Uh, my GDVE sweatshirt. I'm not sure you could see the logo. You could probably see it a little here. Big up to the guys at GDVE. Uh, great dads versus everybody who gave me the nice uh, great hoodie here. Great hoodie. Make sure you support those guys. Also, support my cousin's apparel company, High, High Bar Apparel. Support those guys and uh, make sure you go to the website and uh and get a care package, man. It's uh, it, it, it's Christmas time. Uh, it's it, it's uh, the holiday season. Make sure you uh, you know, you know, support some businesses out there. Um, you know, High Bar Apparel has some great stuff out there. Highbarapparel.com, the hats, the hoodies, the different stuff. Make sure you you know you uh support the uh, website and, and support Great Dads versus everybody. Two great brands doing it the right way. Um, also, if you want to participate in the program, uh, make sure you go to all your podcasts, uh, your podcast feeds, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where you get your podcasts. Also, you can go on to uh, YouTube, do a search for myself, Lance Williams and the new standard. I know everybody's in there hot and heavy. And so the way we like to do this is we'd like to go into Neil's number um, and Lance's number, myself. Um, and, and we'd like to use those numbers uh, to break down the game, uh, to give some perspective on the game. And, and I'm thinking that the game book is up. I'm looking for it now. Uh, and, and I see you guys uh, hot and heavy in the comments. Um it was an emotional game. And one thing I'd like to say while I'm looking up the game book is big up to the city of Inglewood. Um, uh, I, I grew up in that area. Uh, my mom, in fact, lives very close to the stadium across the street, in fact. Um, and it is amazing as someone from that area, and I'm also from Pittsburgh, moved uh, – to California very early in life. And so I, I am both from Pittsburgh and I am also from uh, the Los Angeles area um, or Inglewood, I should say. Um, and and it's, it's just amazing. Let me just say it's amazing that there is a stadium that's that ridiculously incredible that's across the street from my mom's house. I mean, literally, I could walk across the street and go to the game. I chose not to go to the game because of the Thanksgiving season. I'll be down there anyway, but I didn't want to go to a game. I'm still trying to be as safe as possible when it comes to COVID. Big up to Steelers chat. Uh, she's a fan of the program, traveled all the way to L.A., or to Inglewood to go to the program. Safe travels to everyone who jumped out there. But keep your questions coming. Uh, 
we're going to hop into those questions because I, I see everybody in here is fired up. Big up to Jeff Florida. I'm going to call you Jeff Florida because your last name is Lauderdale. I'm sure you heard that before. But let's jump into Neil's number and Lance's number. And I'm going to guess what Neil's number is. And, and that's I'm going to start on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to do a contrast here. Now, when I look at this Steeler football team and, you know, the, the player that will not be named on the program really has kind of centered my football knowledge in, in a certain direction. And, and, and this former player has given me a lot of information. I am very appreciative. When I ask questions, he finds time to answer them. And he's kind of level set me. He, he, he kind of told me that, you know, sometimes I overthink it, right? And sometimes I make it a little more complex than it needs to be. And that's largely due to the fact that I, I went to Cal Berkeley and big up to Cal for winning the ax, destroying Stanford 41 to 11. Uh, and a lot of that, I just overthink it. I went to Carnegie Mellon. So at times I overthink it. Right. And so what the player that will not be named told me is, what do you do well that they don't do, right? That, that, that's pretty much all it is, right? That's how you game plan. You game plan around your strengths, trying to exert your strengths on an opponent. And sometimes it, it matches up. As we saw this weekend, if you guys watch college football, you saw Ohio State destroy Michigan State. Ohio State's strength was passing the football. Michigan State's weakness was stopping the past. So, so, so it lined up. It lined up, and Grayson is fired up in here. Big up to Grayson. Big up to Edward James Gardner. Big up to everybody that's on the live chat right now. Uh, big up to Super Steelers. I think Super Steelers is a new uh, person that's hopped onto the live chat, so big up to Super Steelers. And here's my issue, and this is me being long-winded getting to the number is I have no idea what this Steeler offense does well. They scored a bunch of points in, the, in, in this game, and a lot of that was aided due to some key special teams play, some turnovers, and the Steelers scored 37 points, of which I would never think they would. And in fact, they scored 27 points actually in the fourth quarter, which is almost more than their season high. Weird game, got them to the 27. But here's the number that I think that Neil would have focused on. 12 for 39 or 3.3 yards per carry. That was the total of Najee Harris. And if you add up all the running backs, if you, if you remove Ray Ray McLeod and you remove Chase Claypool's three attempts for six yards, they had... 15 carries for 46 yards. I think I got the math right, which is probably under two yards per carry. You contrast that with Justin Herbert, who had nine rushing attempts for 90 yards. Justin Herbert, and, and this is going to get to my other number. So Justin Herbert himself ran for more yards than the Pittsburgh Steelers. And going into this game, 
we would have all said as fans of this team that the strength of this team was running the football. And as Double H would say, the strength of the Chargers was supposed to be pass defense. The inside rush toward the end of the game caught up to us. That's true. Big up to you, Double H. And so going into this game, and I've and I've learned this from the player with, that will no longer be named, right? Is just because an opposing team has a weakness does not mean you necessarily can exploit it. Going into this game, the Chargers were giving up 4.6 yards per carry, which was worse in the National Football League. But going into this game, like I thought, Steelers can't run the football well. So it doesn't matter if the Chargers can't run it, or excuse me, can't stop it, because the Steelers can't run it. So the Steelers, this far in the season, unfortunately, is still a team that is going to go as far as Ben Roethlisberger can take them. Because, and I thought this was Ben's best game of the year. After not practicing for a week, and that might be the protocol moving forward for Ben Roethlisberger to keep his arm fresh, because you don't want to run, you don't want to, excuse me, throw the ball 44 times with Ben, but they may have to limit his throws during the week to keep him fresh. Because if you can't run against the worst, statistically the worst rushing defense in the National Football League, you can't run the football well. The strength of the Steelers' offense, which is average at best, is the connection between Ben Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson, who had seven receptions for 101 yards in the game, averaging 14.4 yards per catch with a long of 32. That is the strength of the Steelers' offense. It's short, rhythmic, intermediate passing game, to Deontay Johnson, complemented by the running game. If you cannot run the ball against, you know, this is a team that's going to run two high safeties consistently. They want you to run the football instead of trying to beat you with the pass to keep everything in front of them and to tackle to make you play the long field and to sustain drives. They are willing to give up runs in the running game to not get gouged in the passing game. And Double H is super frustrated. We'll go back through the comments. Why do the Steelers tackle sometimes like opponents' jerseys are coated in silicone? I don't know. That's interesting. That's a number, too, as well, because there were a lot of missed tackles in this game. So, But when you look at these rushing stats, you know, 18 for 55 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. You contrast that against the San Diego. Excuse me. I knew I was going to do that once. San Diego. Super. I knew I was going to do that once. Uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers, who ran it 26 times for 159 yards. I mean, if you take out Justin Herbert's 90, they played pretty well against the run. Eckler had 50 yards. He only ran it 11 times. But one of the reasons why they didn't run it that much although they were getting yards on the ground, is because, and this goes to my other number, and, 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 I, and I think I need to add this right. Well, actually, I'm going to do 
base 10 math to add this up quickly. And this is the type of math that they taught my daughter, Amiel Rebecca Williams, who's now at Smith University. They, they This is how they taught you how to add it. So Justin Herbert had 90 yards rushing, 382 yards passing. So this is how they said for you to do it. So to make it easy, just add 10 to the 90 to make it 100. So it would be it would be 482 yards. And then you subtract 20. So if I think I got it right, he accounted for just by himself. Or actually, they taught you to do it this way. Just add 100 and subtract the 10. So if you add 100, it's 482. Subtract the 10, it's 300, excuse me, 472 yards of offense. Himself, he accounted for 472 yards of offense. 400. And 72 yards of off. Let me say that again. 472 yards of offense. One player in a National Football League game. I mean, this is not Tecmo Bowl. This is not Madden. This ain't even the football that you used to play handheld in the 70s. This ain't even the football games with the electronic football men where the machine is going. I, I have this ain't high school. 472 yards of offense himself. I mean, I, I'm just, and there were some incredible performances today in the National Football League. But one man accounting for 472 yards of offense is ridiculous. And we all knew that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to struggle in this game because of all of the number of the players that are playing in the game that had not played that were backups, so on and so forth. But, man, I didn't think that Justin Herbert was going to account for 472 yards of offense. Maybe he took it out on the Steelers the way Utah took it out on Oregon this weekend. He was 41, excuse me, he was 30 of 41 for 382 yards, three touchdown passes, one interception, and a 116.1 quarterback rating. And he ran for 90 yards, averaging 10 yards per carry, nine times for 90 yards. The other number that stands out on the offensive side of football was Cal football, Keenan Allen, nine receptions for 112 yards. Um, another number that I want to point out, and thanks to Mel, big up to Mel, um, and, and let me find the number that Mel put up. And let me let me post it here. Mel wrote, Melvin, we punt, meaning the Steelers, one time score 37 points and lose. One punt. And I, I wish I had an analytics staff to help me with this program. But I'm going to guess you don't lose too many games 
where you punt one time. One time. One punt. I think the other frustrating thing in this game was the coverage busts. You can point to the number three. As soon as they get the lead, you know, Los Angeles scores in three plays. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just bad. If I look back at the game book and look at some more stats, some more numbers that jump out. I mean, they were averaging. I'm just going to round up for emphasis. San Diego was averaging eight yards of play. The Steelers were averaging five. They were averaging three more yards per play. That's astronomical. In terms of total net yards, San Diego had 533 yards. They outgained the Steelers by 233 yards. And this is a game when the Steelers were 8 of 15 on third down for 53%, but they gave up 7 of 12 on third down for 58%. You know, this was clearly the worst defensive game that they've played this year, and it was going to be. But here's another number I want to point out that you're not going to see in game in any other game this year, or very rarely you're going to see it, is both teams combined for 14 red zone attempts. 14. The Steelers had seven, and San Diego had seven. If you look at Steelers' stats, if you look them up and compile them, it typically, particularly this year, it's taken the Steelers games to add up to seven red zone attempts. Like you might have to add two or three games. And San Diego was so dominant on the opposite end, or excuse me, on the opposite, op, excuse me, on the offensive side of the football, they had 12 penalties for 75 yards and still had. 533 yards. They could have had 600 yards of offense today. That's how bad it was. Yes, I did say San Diego Superchargers. It, it, this is going to be interesting. And Mr. Tummy pointed out, that prior to this game, the Steelers averaged 10 drives per game exactly. It was, it was weird how it was um, with 4.3 per game. Um, yes, I know it's L.A. 27 Sin City. Actually, they're the Inglewood Chargers because the SoFi is in Inglewood. Uh, if you want to get technical, um, it is in, uh, you know, 90302 if we want to get technical 27 Sin City. Um, but it should be San Diego, like San Jose Steeler fans once said. Th th this is a weird game. Um, and let me jump into some of your comments. Here, here's one standout that I I, I, I do want to point out because I, I don't want to just bash the Steelers in this game. I, I do want to point out the fantastic play of Cameron Hayward. Now, if you look at his stats, you know, he only had two tackles on the game and one pass defense. Uh, but the pass defense set up an interception. His hustle, I mean, his his consistent and constant pressure, 
You know, Cam Hayward is the heart and soul of this defense, and I think he's the best defensive player on the field. But you could clearly see this was going to be a tough game for the Steelers to win, and it is very difficult when you score 37 points and you come out of here with a loss. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at San Jose Steelers fans. Get technical, Lance. I'm not really upset they forgot. Um, I want to I want to jump into this here, and I want to jump into some questions. Christian uh, asked a question. Christian K, confident confidence instilling for the O though. I, I think what it's I think the confidence comes in Ben Roethlisberger playing. I think his best game, and I, I think the rest. And I, and I read that Ben has some issues with COVID. Um, you know, but he got over those pretty well. I, I think there is a path that if you can incorporate the run game with what we saw from Ben tonight, that there can be some more juice in this offense. That if Matt Canna can marry the running game and the focus of this offense be around Ben Roethlisberger, Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris. It's going to be interesting to see if Najee, you know, I know he got banged up. He came back in a little bit, but I know he got banged up, took a big shot to the head, what that looks like. But I think largely, so I do think there's some confidence that the Steelers can take away. But, you know, it kind of looked the same for a long part. And, and, and I think the block punt, what was the big play that changed this game? You know, had they not gotten a block punt, I think they just get blown out. Uh, and it kind of looks like it did before. I think the issues are still there. Uh, the issues are the offensive line, that it's young. And now it's really banged up because Hassenhauer got knocked out. Haig is pretty bad. Dotson is out. And so with the offensive line being in a state of flux and being young, I'm not sure how much confidence they could take from this, but I think they have to be encouraged that with Ben Roethlisberger sitting on the sidelines, you know, for roughly over a week, that he played fairly well and that if they have to put the game on his arm, he might be able to do it. Let me jump into your comments here. Um, and, and before I do, I'm going to flip to the top and look at your comments and scroll through. I do want to wish all you guys safe travels. I do want to give you an update. I think we are not going to do a show for sure on Thursday on Thanksgiving. I need the break. I'll be out of town. You guys need the break. Enjoy your families. Don't worry about football. Just eat, eat turkey, eat mac and cheese, all that stuff, and just, you know, have fun with your family. I'm not sure if I'll be able to even watch the game on Sunday because I'll be in transit getting back uh, back home. So we're not going to do a show on Thursday and on Sunday. I'm sorry. Hopefully I will be able to put up some content from old shows from a previous program, but I may not be able to do that. So I will apologize for that. I don't know what you guys are going to do without me and Neil for an entire week. I don't know. Uh, but let me flip through these comments. Uh, and let me thank everybody who um, who chimed into the program. Uh, Mr. Tummy said progress. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, how progress is defined 
uh, particularly being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I think if you're a Detroit Lion fan, progress is losing again 13 to 10 to the Browns. But I don't know what the progress is. To me, it looks the same, to be quite honest, particularly on the offensive side of football. The only thing that might look a little bit different is Ben's arm looked a little more live, and I think that's probably because he didn't throw. And that might be the protocol to manage Ben Roethlisberger going forward. But I don't see much progress, to be honest. Um, Grayson Brown chimed in with the funny comment, I can't watch games like this anymore, (laughs) Grayson, it was entertaining. If anything, it was entertaining. Um, Super Steeler fans, I think Super Steelers just hopped on the live chat for the first time. Thank you, Super Steelers. I'm glad to see the public lose their ass betting on the Chargers minus five up to minus six and a half. I would have lost two. You know, this offense, given the fact that it was averaging about 19 points, I would have given six and a half. So I, I, I understand there. Let me flip through some more comments. Um, I think I, I, I should point out this comment that Steelers 63 said that the Steelers battled under man on D till the end showed a lot of heart and hope the D heals fast. They did battle. But I will say this. The standard is the standard and the standard is not just to battle. It's to win and play sound, execute and come out with victories and they fell short. And because of that, the heart is great. The victory is better. Um, Jeff Lauderdale chimed in and said, having TJ would have been huge on the last TD drive by the Chargers. He could have done what Bosa did to have, you know, possibly. Um, you know, he was out. Um, he'll be out, it looks, for a little while. We'll see. I'm not surprised that he's having injury issues. He didn't come to training camp. Oh, excuse me. Oh. Excuse me. Uh, maybe he did come to training camp. He just, I don't even want to get into that. Y'all like TJ a lot, and y'all don't like me enough for me to criticize TJ because Lord knows if I criticize TJ who didn't go to training camp but sort of went to training camp but kind of went to training. Anyway, and like Mr. Tummy said, please hit the like button, like and subscribe. And please let everyone know about the program. Um, I want to jump into this comment from Edward James Gardner. He wrote, if the Steelers see the Chargers in the playoffs, do y'all think we win if healthy and if so big? In the famous words of Jim Mora, playoffs? Playoffs? Steelers aren't going to the playoffs. The Steelers are rebuilding, and it was a very tough weekend for the Steelers because the whole division won. And when you look at the Steelers' schedule and you look at them in the standings, it's very tough. I mean, I know that the AFC, there's no really good team, but that tie that tie really hurts the Steelers. And, you know, right now the Steelers are in third place in the division, uh, five, four, and one, you know, because of that tie, they're ahead of Cleveland and they have a head to head win, but they've lost to Cincinnati. I mean, they have to beat Cincinnati next week, but the Steelers are a team that's minus 12 in point differential. And, and that's just not going to get it, particularly when you compare them to other teams in the AFC that have a minus point differential. Miami is minus 
68. New York is minus 142. The Texans minus 121. Jags minus 130. Uh, the Chargers minus five. And, and the Raiders are a minus 39. And the Chargers and the Steelers are the only two teams with a minus or in the Browns with a minus point differential that have a winning record. That's not sustainable. You, 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 ju you just have to be better than that. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at the comments and laughing at Grayson Brown about how these games take so much out of you. Um, Double H is pretty frustrated. Yes, uh, they did make uh, Herbert look like uh, Mike Vick or Lamar Jackson. Four hundred and seventy-two yards of offense. Jamie, Jamie K, I think is a, a new uh, listener to the program. Was on a live chat. Um, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Jamie, but I'm say Jamie Kmet. Uh, yeah, Devin Bush is not playing good football, and Sherbert is invisible. He did make a big play on the fourth down stop on a running play. But here's the thing I think about Devin Bush. And I like to look at performance, pay, and pedigree. And that's how I look at players. Right now, Devin Bush is not performing well. He's not paid a lot. But I think the thing about Devin Bush is his pedigree. David, Devin Bush is a first-round draft pick. I think he was a number 10 pick in the draft. You can't give up on that player. It's just too much capital that you've put into him, too much preparation. That's another P. He has to play. He has to get better. You have to try to get him better. He is a first-round draft pick, a top 15 pick at worst. He, he, he has to play. He can't be benched. He has to be developed, and you have to have patience with him, and you have to get him on the field, and you have to get him playing up the snuff. That's just what happens with first-round draft picks. It's going to be a growing pains with him this year as he gets better, but he probably will be better towards the end of the season if he does not get hurt. Thank you, Grayson, for this number, five TDs on five drives for the Los Angeles Chargers. And, and, and that's that that's uh, pretty rough, especially when you look at the game book and you look at the drives. Let me go through the drives for the Chargers. Here are the char Chargers' first few drives. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal. Block, punt, touchdown. So that's one, two, three, four, five. They scored on six of their first seven drives. You can't win that way. And, uh, you know, they were scoring on drives where uh, they went 85 yards, had 12 penalty yards, still scored. Then they had a 12-play drive for 98 yards and scored. Then they had another 57-yard drive and a 75-yard drive. 61-yard drive. And the thing that stands out on those drives is they got penalized on every single one of them except the 98-yard drive. So they were moving the football pretty easy, which we thought was going to happen. Thanks to Mel for that, that stat with the one. Um, and big up to my cousin, uh, the CEO of High Bar Apparel, Stephen Johnson. And he wrote, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is an absolute change, game-changing ability of a mobile quarterback. He's absolutely right. Now, being a mobile quarterback, in my opinion, is not a must-have, but it's a nice-to-have. And when you got a quarterback that can sling it and run, you don't have to call perfect games because there's cheap yards that will be given to you because you can run the football and you can influence defenses because of your mobility. 
So it is a it is another tool in your tool shed that is great to have. And as good as Mac Jones is playing, give me Justin Herbert any day. Give me Josh Allen any day, even though the Buffalo Bills got destroyed. So, and Mr. Tommy, thank you for pointing out Mattel LED football. And big up to my cousin Steven Johnson for hopping into the program. Yes, Mattel LED football. I did have one of those. Um, <laughs> San Jose Steeler fan was trying to get my math right. It was 472 yards. And I, I'm going to defend Devin Bush. I, I from smack smacked out 98. I don't think Devin Bush is a bust. Uh, I think it's going to take some time. I just don't think he's back. Yes, Super Steelers. Yes, yes, the 1978 Mattel handheld football game. Absolutely. I had one of those. Yes, yes. We used to all play those at recess. Let me jump into this comment um, uh, for Vernon Woody. And this is what it comes down to. And I think Vernon hit it on the head. Pick up the Vernon. The expectation is too high for my Steelers this year. And when you're from a fan base of a team that has six championships the most tied with the dreaded Patriots, and you go to the playoffs regularly and you win a lot of football games, the expectations can be rose-colored and not match the football team. This football team is not good. So who's right or who's wrong? I, the football team's not good. And what happens is people don't usually level set their expectations or at the at the least say that their expectations were incorrect. A lot of you guys weren't right about this team. I'm not popping my collar, but I'm just objective when I look at the team because I don't want to lie to you guys. I don't want to lie to my listeners because I appreciate the time that you give me. So I don't want to lie to you guys. This is sexy tanking. Try to tell you guys all year. This is sexy tanking. Sexy chocolate. Sexy tanking. That's what it's been all year. And right now, this year is yikes. It is absolutely yikes. Um, let me jump into a couple of comments here. I think the comments kind of dried up. Um, you know, I, you know, brother Jay talked about it. No Minka, no Watt, no chance. Oh my. Uh, thank you. San Jose Steeler fan one happy Thanksgiving. Lance will reboot next week. See what happens against the bungles. Have a great time off. I am going to have, uh, a, a, a great time off and, uh, I am definitely going to, uh, you know, have, you know, get tripped to fan and, and, and fall asleep. Um, as I get ready to go to a soccer tournament this weekend. Um, Mel is right. Junior varsity effort. Um, let me jump into this one comment here. Um, I got a comment here from a Malachi B21. That's a new guy that jumped to the program. Said Justin Herbert um, is the MVP. And Malachi is a Charger fan. I'll say this, Malachi, for Justin Herbert, uh, He's a hell of a player, um, and, and, and I hate players from Oregon. And I'll say this because I'm a Cal guy. Uh, he's got a lot of potential, um, and, and, and they are going to give him every opportunity to succeed or fail. You've got a quarterback that you can build around. You can build around. Do you have a quarterback that when you give him you, – you just hope as a Charger fan 
when Herbert gets the deal that he's worth giving 20% or more of your salary cap to. Because when you give a quarterback that much of your salary cap, they have to make up for the gaps and holes in your roster. Um, you know, they have to make up for that. Um, Malachi says that their defense is sus, but you know, Hey, it's a work in progress. You got a new staff. You got one of the best football minds, defensive football minds. And, um, you know, you got Justin Herbert, you got Bosa. I mean, you got James, so you've got a chance and you've got a fantastic building. The Cronkies, uh, you know, Stan Cronky, the Cronky family will spend money. Um, um, but before we get out of here, there's one thing I want to say about the program that, that I was pretty disappointed by some comments by Collinsworth. And I don't want to take this show into this direction, but I, I do want to say this as a black man in America. I do have to point this out. He made a comment about Mike Tomlin being astute as a 24-year-old for switching from being a wide receiver coach and an offensive coach to a defensive coach because that gave him the best opportunity to become a head coach. Here's the point that Collinsworth skipped over when he was saying that. The point of the matter is there's an extreme amount of bias against African-American coaches on the offensive side of the football. And that is why African-American coaches don't go largely on the offensive side of football. That's why you don't see a lot of African-American OCs. That's why. It's because the racism and discrimination and bias in the National Football League that pigeonholes black coaches, African-American coaches to go in a certain direction because they don't feel like they'll get opportunities because... Defensive coaching is not seen as being as cerebral as being an offensive coach. It's not seen as a cerebral. It's seen as more reactionary, more aggressive, not as analytical, X's and O's, or egghead-ish. That's why you see often these egghead offensive coaches that get these opportunities that can't coach themselves out of a wet paper bag. And you see all of these African-American coaches on the defensive side of football, DCs, linebacker coaches, secondary coaches. So what Mike Tomlin did, like many other African-Americans all over this country and many other industries, is find a way, find another path, circumvent obstacles that are put in place, institutional obstacles. Not obstacles that any one particular individual is putting in front of you, but institutional obstacles. So in his way, and Collinsworth glossed over it and missed it completely. But I am not surprised he missed it. He's Chris Collinsworth. So in, in the way that he was trying to give Mike Tomlin a compliment, yeah, he kind of brushed over probably he brushed over institutionalized racism that exists within the National Football League because he just can't see it. He doesn't have the lens to see it or he just didn't want to be honest about it. So anyway, didn't want to get too deep. Just wanted to break that down 
and just show you that the lens is different depending on who's seeing it and what the information is. So, but I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you, man. I had to preach on it. I had to say it. I, I couldn't let it go. I'm sitting there watching it like, man, um, you know, why has he got to be 24 and astute and, and switch his path? Because yeah, He shouldn't have to do that. He should be excellent at what he does and get an opportunity at what he wants to coach at, period. But let me get out of here. I'm going to shift rails again. Happy gobble gobble Kirk, turkey day to all of you, Mr. Tummy. Hope your tummy doesn't hurt too bad from eating all that turkey. Um, you know, big up to everybody out there. Have your safe travels. It is a tough year. Also, man, please. Everybody out there, man, be safe, man. COVID is real. I'm not going to tell you to get vaccinated. I'm just going to tell you, man, be safe. You choose to get vaccinated. That's your personal choice. I respect you one way or another. Please be safe, man. Mask up, social distance. Please take those measures. Man, a lot of us are going to be traveling all over the country. COVID is real. The numbers are spiking up. We're in another wave. Be safe. Be sound. Stay prayed up. We're going to get out of here. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.